your Locked On Devils, your daily podcast on the New Jersey Devils, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Alrighty, what is up, New Jersey? Welcome back to the Locked On Devils podcast here on the Locked On Network. I'm your host, Trey Matthews. Happy Tuesday, everybody. You got through Monday and you didn't have to deal with an episode on Monday because if you missed a series of episodes last week, I informed that I am changing the schedule until further notice because this is when I can only get studio time during the week. And during the weekend, it's just a hassle just to try to get security to open the door for me to the studio because, as you guys know, I'm in school and, you know, things are just, my my life is, you know, all over the place because I got so much to deal with. I got to deal with work. I got to deal with school. I got to deal with this podcast. I got to deal with everything. But I love you guys so much that I just decided just to change it up just for you guys. So, you know what? I think it's better to have an episode on Saturday versus Monday because... Because Saturday, you don't have anything to do but to listen to, you know, music on your phone. But instead of listening to music, why don't you listen to a podcast? Preferably my podcast, whereas Monday, you're dreading the week. Man, you are tired. You're sad that your weekend went by so quickly. Your boss is giving you so much to do. And who wants to do that? Who really wants to just listen to a podcast on their way to work on a Monday at least? Because, you know, Monday is just a long day. No one likes Mondays. I certainly don't like Mondays. So I'm doing you guys a favor by just posting on Saturday instead of Monday, in my opinion. But like I said, things can change until further notice. Uh... Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday for episodes. So if you missed Friday's episode, which, no, 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 I'm, I'm sorry. If you missed Saturday's episode, even I don't even know my own schedule. Woo! Goes to show you how much I hate Mondays because I'm recording on a Monday right now. Oh, oh, by the way, congratulations to the Tampa Bay Lightning for winning the Stanley Cup. Adam Danker of Locked On Lightning, I told you, buddy. I told you the Lightning had it in him. Congratulations to former New Jersey Devil Blake Coleman on winning the Stanley Cup. Man, I can't wait to do a crossover with Adam sometime. You know, he's really busy. His phone is probably blowing up. He probably has so much stuff lined up already. He probably doesn't have time, but I don't know. I'm going to give it a shot. I'm going to give it a shot. I I want to get him onto the show, or I want to come onto his show, and I just want to talk about it because I told him the Lightning would come out victorious against those Dallas Stars, and congratulations to Lindy Ruff's old team. If you ain't first, you are last, and in this case, you're with us. You are last. So if you missed Saturday's episode, I basically gave you guys the rundown of my USCHO article, and surprise, surprise, I the article is lengthy. I didn't know this might require three parts, but that is not what we are doing today. I have Harrison of Locked On Jets, and I must say, this is probably one of my favorite crossovers to do. Uh, you know what? I say that about a lot of people because crossovers are always so much fun. But what did we talk about in this episode specifically? Well, here's what we discussed. We discussed uh, current players on the New Jersey Devils who maybe won't get Hall of Fame consideration, but should be in the Hall of Fame. Hint, hint, hint. He's played with our organization for, I believe, 14 years now. And uh, he might be on his way to the Seattle Kraken. Uh, no, it's not P.K. Subban. No, 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 no. It's someone else. Uh, who would I give guarantee to a Hall of Fame? Well, you're going to have to wait and find out. In fact, this episode was so exciting to do. 
I might uh, split this up into two parts depending on how long this one runs. But we'll see. Like I said, we split this... No, no, I didn't say this. We split this up into three segments. So I will give you guys question number one and question number two in today's episode. And depending on how long this episode runs for, I might post episode... Or no, no, not episode. Silly me. Like I said, it's Monday. It's been a long day. I might post episode... Man, I just did it again. What is wrong with me? Uh, I might post segment three tomorrow because that was my favorite uh, topic to talk about. What particular player on the New Jersey Devils, past or present, would I guarantee a Hall of Fame selection? I've covered him in my podcast before, and you guys are just going to have to wait and see. So without further ado, let's bring in Harrison because my brain needs a rest right now. I am just fudging everything up, so I apologize for that. So, Harrison, take it away, my friend. Oh, 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 wait, 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 wait. You're not ready? You're not ready? Well, what am I supposed to do? I I, I thought we planned this out. Oh, oh, okay, okay, okay. I'll figure something out. You guys, I'm fudging up everything right now because it's Monday. My brain needs some energy. So, you know what? I'm just going to take a built bar just to give me some fuel. So, anyway, let's bring in. Are you ready here? Wait, wait a minute. You don't know what a built bar is? Let me tell you something about built bar. Built bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. The improved built bar is even more delicious. 18 amazing flavors, including nut and non nut flavors. Six new flavors caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheese cheesecake carrot cake apple almond crisp oh my gosh this is delicious i've already had a few when i go out to the gym and they are super healthy too you're probably thinking wait a minute these bars are covered in 100 chocolate soft and easy to chew uh, uh 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 sounds like an unhealthy snack that is not true as i stated built bars are healthy built bar is great for the health conscious guy lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat built bars are low in calorie low in sugar high protein high fiber great for a keto diet and you yes you i'm gonna make an offer that you can't refuse go to builtbar.com and use the promo code locked on and you'll get ten dollars off your next order use the promo code locked on and get ten dollars off at builtbar.com there we go i repeated it so that way you don't have to rewind it go to builtbar.com and get your built bars right now all right guys uh, i know it's monday and all but i have fully recovered and my brain is recovered now harrison is ready so take it away my friend good evening and welcome to a special crossover episode of locked on winnipeg jets and locked on new jersey devils i am joined by co-host of the new jersey devil show trey matthews trey how are you doing today i am great how about yourself harrison Doing pretty good, pretty good. Uh, as those of you who have listened to yesterday's episode may or may not be aware of, we are doing a brief series about some Hall of Fame candidates from the current rosters and perhaps some players of years past who maybe should get a little bit of Hall of Fame love. And tonight we're going to be diving into the New Jersey Devils, who have a very interesting roster. There's a lot of young kids, um, a couple of older vets, and so there's an interesting pool of players. And kind of kicking us off, Trey, from this current existing roster, what New Jersey Devils do you think might actually be good enough to make the Hall of Fame cut? Well, I'm not sure if too many people would agree with me outside of New Jersey, but uh, the player I chose is our longest tenured uh, player. He uh, just uh, finished up his 14th year playing with us. He's played his entire career with us. Uh, he's one of our captains. That is Travis Zajac. And and what, you know, has really defined Travis's career? It's funny because he's actually a Winnipegger, so a lot of Jets fans listening might might have a little bit of a, a personal connection to the whole Travis um, or to the, the Zajac family. But what about his career, aside from it being like super long, 
would you feel he might get a little bit of a look? Okay. So he's played his entire career with the Devils, as I stated. Um, he's been with us past, present, and he wants to stay with us for the future. Like, uh, he, he was not, he told the front office that he did not want to be traded he, despite us going through a major rebuild. So that really says something about him and his character and him being dedicated to the team. However, I do believe he will be out the door sooner or later, but just, uh, we'll get into his stats and what he, uh, brings to the table in a second, but just what he's able to do for our team, just on a personal level, you need that leader, uh, in your locker room. You need that veteran presence and he, by God brings it. So he, he's, he's been here past present. He's been here. He was, uh, he came a year after, uh, who did, Scott Stevens retired. But he still was able to learn from Patrick Eliash. He was still able to learn from Marty Brodeur. Uh, yes, their careers were kind of on the downhill at this point of their of their time because of age. But still, he was able to learn a lot. He's uh, taken what he's learned from them, and he's now going to incorporate into a lot of our younger guys, including uh, Hughes, Heizer, Brock, Foot, all those guys, and also whoever we're going to draft at number seven this year. So just his dedication to the Garden City what he's done for us uh, for these past 14 years is just undeniable. And I, I feel as though a lot of people overlook him and I just feel as though they don't really understand what he brings to a team, what he brings to the table, because when they look at Zajac, they just look at a, you know, just like a, a whatever, just like, you know, a mediocre captain who's, you know, been with the team for a while, just, just whatever. And he might, yes, he is, is he overpaid? Yes. I will admit that he is overpaid, but, um, I would be sad to see him leave, but at this at this point, I'm waiting till the Seattle expansion draft because I touched on this in my show um, before that I think uh, it's either going to be him or Subban who will be out the door for this expansion draft for the uh, for the Kraken. So uh, either way, he'll, he'll he'll be out of New Jersey in a minute. But just what he's brought to the table for our team, uh, past and present, before all the rules change, like the clutch and grab being abolished in 2005, uh, what the how hockey is currently being played. He, he just means a lot to us. And in, in terms of like his, <clears throat> his statistical impact, what was he able to accomplish? Cause I, I know that he's usually been like a 50, 50 ish point player during his best years. And, and as far as his impact goes, it sounds like of course that he means something much more to the team. Like he's a true in, in room leader, you know, would you kind of feel that because of his leadership qualities, that should overshadow his statistical profile, or do you think the stats are actually not as bad as they look, and they might be pretty a pretty good match between that and his, uh, you know, in the room kind of presence to getting him that nomination? So at face value, Zajac is the Devils' best faceoff man, brandishing a fifty-three point five percent career average. He's routinely led Devils in faceoff percentage, a category the team has consistently struggled in for years. Uh, he's in, he's adept to penalty killer, plays a sound defensive game. And when he's with the right group of players, like with the right, right line mates, he can contribute offensively. Uh, e even though Zajac is now better suited for that second, third line role or role coming off the bench for, for that matter, the New Jersey Devils never acquired an adequate established top tier center since he broke into the league. Uh, you know, well, well, I, I'm not going to say Jack Hughes is that quite yet because I'm not the biggest fan of Jack Hughes right now. Um, he, he, it's making him a man stay on the team's top two lines. And um, the, the stats, yes. Um, the, the, the stats, yeah, are, don't 
pop out, but I just want people to look a little deeper. I, I know it, it's difficult for Patrick Elias to get into the Hall of Fame, but just look at what Zajac's able to do, like playing his entire career with the New Jersey Devils. That that says something. He has been nominated for Selkie Awards, like uh, like uh, two years ago, he was in the top thirty for uh, for for votes. Like he received a vote for it. Uh, 2017, he re- he was placed in 48th. So for the Selkie Award, so he he's been nominated for like awards like that. He just you know obviously with the amount of tension and what he just brings to the table overall. He never won it, but, you know, he, he's had votes for it before. So do I think he'll get into the Hall of Fame? Uh, it's Honestly, it's not really looking too favorable, but, you know, I think um, – oh, man, I got myself into a hole. Because do I, do I have to be honest with myself or do I have to be biased? Uh I don't. I don't know. Honestly, I, I believe he does deserve a chance. I, I'll just say that he deserves a chance. Yeah, I think he's. I think he's in that that really tough spot of, you know, a, a lot of careers oftentimes have to have certain accolades or or scoring records and trophies. And I know that Zajac sort of went under the radar for a very long time. And when it comes to doubles, especially long tenured players, his name doesn't always come up. But I, I definitely understand. You know, you, you've talked a little bit about it, and I've actually had a couple of friends who are huge Travis Sajak fans. I mean, he's been with this team kind of feels like since the dawn of time, and I know that he's always been on the ice and off the ice, considered a very big leader for that team. So I, I could definitely imagine it's going to be a certainly a tough uphill battle, I would agree. Um, but maybe one day somebody looks at that award and thinks, you know, we have to pick a, a New Jersey Devil from this this current era and maybe he embodies a lot of those traits and characteristics that sure people don't always look at when it comes to hall of fame players, but maybe he had something special that guys around him felt he, he deserves a nomination and kind of on like a related note. Um, in just a little bit, we're going to talk a, lo- a little bit more about maybe some players who are in a similar category from New Jersey's either past or present roster. Uh, you know, which of these guys maybe deserve a nomination but aren't likely to get it because there are a lot of players throughout the NHL who fall into this weird territory but you know maybe Zajac is one maybe for me Kyle Palmieri one day might fall into that same category but we're going to hear a little bit from Trey on an interesting pick that he's chosen in just a moment. Welcome back to this special edition of Locked On Jets meets Locked On Devils. We are again with Trey Matthews of Locked On Devils, who has given us a little bit of insight into who he thought might deserve a Hall of Fame nomination from the existing uh, New Jersey Devils roster, and he chose Travis Sajak. Up next, we're going to ask him a bit of a tougher question. Uh, Trey, if you had to pick a player you know, from this, this historical Devils roster who was a very good player but maybe doesn't quite get the nomination for a Hall of Fame spot because his career has been a little bit overshadowed by some other players or teammates. Who would you choose and why? Okay. Well, he, he retired in 2003, so his chances of getting into the Hall of Fame, I believe, are out the door. Uh, I think he's run out of chances because, you know, it, it's been like, what, 17 years now? And if, if yeah, yeah, he's, he's done. But anyway... This guy gets overshadowed because there's just two other players that are just in front of him that just have done more. So when I think of defense, I think of the New Jersey Devils. When I think of someone who's physical, I think of the New Jersey Devils. When I think of 
just that grit, determination, like, I will take no crap from you. You think of the New Jersey Devils. Now, who am I thinking of, Harrison? Am, am I thinking of Niedermeyer? Am I thinking of Stevens? Most people would lean to one of those two players. No, I am talking about someone else who deserves a lot of love, but just unfortunately doesn't get it. It's Ken Danico. And Danico's uh, career, yeah, like you know, what 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 about Danico's career? Because obviously, you, you've said uh, Niedermeyer and Stevens are are sort of front runners here. Where does Danico fall in that pantheon of really tough physical defensemen? Well, you, what else do I need to say? Look at his uh, look at his minutes in the penalty box, two thousand five hundred sixteen. And also, if you look at a picture of him, uh, like what during his playing career. He's essentially missing his, uh, like, four of his teeth on, on the top line. <laughs> so, and, and he's also been with us for uh, his three-cup uh, stand, uh, because the Devils have won three Stanley Cups. He's been a part of all three of them. But the problem with uh, Danico is, is, that, um, is that he's just overshadowed by Scott Stevens and Niedermeyer because uh, look at Scott Niedermeyer. He's in the Hall of Fame. Niedermeyer has won four cups, uh, three with the Devils. He's a four-time All-Star. He's won the Norris Trophy. Uh, he's won the Smythe Award back in 2007. Then you look at Stevens, three-time Stanley Cup winner with the New Jersey Devils, five-time All-Star, and he won the Conn Smythe Award back in 2000, the new millennium year in which the Devils won. And I believe that uh, clip of them winning is uh, part of my – part of my show's introduction, but, um, so yeah, you, you look at Niedermeyer, you look at Stevens, then you look at Danico, absolutely nothing. Like he's won, like it, it's blank. Like, uh, yeah, he's won three Stanley cup awards and he's won, uh, he won one Masterton award. So for anyone who, um, doesn't know what the master, uh, cup award is in hockey, so it's not what you think. So it's, dedic it's dedication to hockey, having um, its award annually to the NHL player who best exemplifies the qualities of perseverance, sportsmanship, and dedication to hockey. And boy, was, um, was he dedicated to hockey. Danico was not someone you wanted to mess with. He would get, like Stevens, he would get in your face. He would get into fights all the time. I think the problem with uh, Danico is, is that um, – yeah, he was a great defensive but just like nothing, nothing else about his game really, you know, shined. So he was a stay, he was the he was the epitome of a stay-at-home defender. So he would just um, stay in the zone and just wait for you, wait for you, wait for you, and then hit you, knock you out. And boy, did that guy spend so that guy spent so many times in, in the uh, in the penalty box. It essentially became his second home, I believe. Uh, uh, let's see what. What was the most time most times in one season? In the nineteen ninety one season, he spent two hundred and forty nine minutes in the penalty box. Two hundred and forty nine. That have you ever? What other player spends that much time in the penalty box nowadays? Yeah, certainly no one. That uh, certainly not anyone in this modern era. <laughs> you have to go back no. either to like goon leagues or or some very early NHL years to find guys who couldn't stay on the ice for more than just a couple minutes at a time. Right, and um, I think the problem with Danico is is that you have to look at his overall stats. So he only has thirty six goals. There were 
there was a one time he went scoreless for three seasons. He scored no goals from 1999 and until the 2002-2003 season, and he only had two. And um, it's not like he was injured. It's not like he played in like 30-something games. He he played in predominantly all of them. He played uh, 78 games in 2000, uh, 77 games in 2001, 67 games in 2002, um, and also his assist numbers. So, you know, there's uh, the stay-at-home defender who only plays one way. Uh, they at least generate some sort of assist. He only has 142 career assists. And I think the problem with him is it's just that there's just nothing else that, that speaks volume about him. So he, he gets overlooked for it at times. But I, I feel as though if, if I had to do it over again, someone who just bleeds hockey, someone who just feared no man, someone who I think I would consider a poor man, Scott Stevens, would be his own teammate, would be Ken Danico. That, that's a poor man, Scott Stevens or Niedermeyer. Because uh, even though it's our detriment now, Defense was what made us very popular. It's what uh, the it's what uh, the league feared until the clutch and grab rule came along, and then you know got abolished in, in 2005. I don't think you want to remember 2005 because there was no season. But you know now players essentially can't even touch each other without going to the penalty box. So uh, if if you want to look at a physical defender, look no further than my man. Any more questions? Yeah, and I think uh, that's actually kind of an interesting conversation, especially guys who, you know, personally you have an attachment to and, and players that you like. Kind of on a related note, in just a moment I wanted to ask you some fun ones. This one would be, you know, picking a player, past or present, if you could guarantee that they were to get a, a Hall of Fame career, something that Ken maybe was going to struggle to do, uh, you know, on his own merits. You know, in, in just a moment we'll talk about who you would have picked and why you would choose this player because there, I think there are probably – a massive pantheon of devils, uh, either from those earlier years where they were just one of the most dominant defensive teams, or even over the past couple of seasons, we've started to see some interesting signs from these players that there may be a lot more spark than people were expecting, and they might become a fun team in just a few seasons. And unfortunately, I'm going to have to leave it there with Harrison, so thanks so much for the crossover. Keep an ear out for the final question because it's a big one, and I think a lot of people will agree with me. I have so much proof to back it up, so you do not want to miss part two. And guess what? We are going to visit the trilogy, as I was saying, about my USCHO article. So Tomorrow's going to be an interesting episode because it's going to be a divide. It's going to be one part crossover, one part just me, one-on-one. So this is something I don't think I've ever done. So keep an ear out. Tomorrow's episode will be interesting. Okay, continue to stay safe and have a wonderful day, New Jersey. Thanks for listening. I will catch you in the next episode.